Jay can confirm this. I am the least likely person to stand up for CM Punk. Absolutely. I, I can't stand CM Punk. I'm sorry. But welcome to Wrestling With The Truth, the podcast for every pro wrestling fan. We've got heated debate, great guests, top 10 lists, reviews, previews, and so much more. And now here are your hosts, BC Hunter and the Nightmare, Jay Myers. All right, yes, that's right. It's BC Hunter along with the Nightmare Jay Myers once again bringing you our November to Remember here on WWTT. And boy, have we ever had a November to Remember so far, and it just keeps getting better. Had a fantastic guest last week, uh, Ted from uh, Hooked on Movies, and talked about some of the best wrestling and maybe worst wrestling movies that are out there. We had a really good time with that. Ted's also a very passionate wrestling fan, so that was a fantastic episode. But we have another person who's both a wrestling aficionado as well as a movie aficionado. So, Jay, would you like to do the honors to to welcome uh, our guest this week? Not to mention another fellow, what is it called, Chicagoland? Uh, is that what you guys call it for, like, yep. that area? Yeah. Another Chicago, uh, Chicagoian? I don't know if I made that up. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, we got back-to-back uh, uh, Second City. Isn't that what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so yeah, Mr. Uh, Matt Ritter, uh, the host of Getting Off and Smacking It Raw, welcome. We uh, super happy to have you here, and I am uh, probably a little more more jacked up than than BC because we can uh, get into some nitty gritty here of uh, the good the good stuff, the bloody stuff. But uh, yeah, welcome, man. Happy to have you here, dude. I appreciate it. Uh, when you told me we were going to talk a little bit of the two things I love the most in the world, wrestling and horror movies. I was so stoked. I was supposed to have you on getting off for the uh, Halloween review and we weren't able to make it happen after uh, Halloween. Well, I I wasn't uh, able to make it because I'm fucking old and it was like really (laughs) late for me and I just was like, I was dead. So where are you guys? Because yeah, Nova Scotia. There you okay, go. So we're two. We're two Atlantic hours Canada. ahead. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is messed up there. because we're an hour ahead of Eastern time. So you're just used to Eastern time, and we're mm-hmm. like yeah. another hour after that. So it's it's worse. Yeah, you told me Atlantic time, and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my wife and I'm explaining to her everything because normally we do shoot a little later, and uh, she's like. I don't think Atlantic time is a thing. And I'm like, oh, it's a thing. <laughs> he told me, like, I've got it here. So she looked, and she, uh, she is a huge fan of Oak Island. So when she was oh, looking, nice. she was, like, trying yeah. to figure out, like, oh, are they up by Oak Island? Like, she yeah. got all excited yeah. about that. So. Yeah, we're, we're not far. Yeah, we're yeah. about, what, about an hour, I guess, from Oak Yeah, Island? at most, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's um. So the province, which is, like, state for you guys, is what say seven hours drive front to like top to bottom i guess it's uh, about that. 10 from maybe Cape 10 Breton, guess, all the way to yarmouth yeah. total mm-hmm. yeah i guess but so yeah we're we're not massive but it's uh it's it's the most densely populated area in the uh, area we're in and then there's like montreal so it's like montreal yeah. is kind of where like people from montreal and toronto say is the east but then we're actually more east than than montreal so uh, anyway so yeah we messed up time man it's even worse when you're in like uh, newfoundland because that's even a half hour difference from us so anyway but i yeah i wasn't bullshitting that was that was a legit thing it was uh it was about one o'clock and i was like i am i am not gonna this is not gonna go well if i get on there so so i did uh, pull the shoot but i was super stoked to talk about it and we're gonna get into we're gonna get in halloween ends that's uh that's on the list yeah. uh, but first we wanted to uh, make sure you can get 
all of our listeners up to speed on uh, you and your shows and um, and your whole crew and and sort of give us the basically pimp your shit is is uh, we should just call it a segment, but pimp your shit. Yeah, we should make that a segment. I, think I like it. Yeah. I just came yeah. up with it, but I like there it. There you go. You absolutely shouldn't. That's a great name. Uh, so I, for all of the listeners of Wrestling with the Truth who are not familiar with me, uh, am the patron saint of podcasting, the Warden Matt Ritter. I'm the host of the Smackin' It Raw podcast, which, if you're watching this, you can see down there, is the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. Um, also, Getting Offed, which is the number one horror podcast on Pornhub. And uh, we do a weekly review over at Smackin' It Raw. It is me, Vince, and uh, Katie from the She Leads Showcase, uh, my two co-hosts, and whatever guests we end up having on. Um, every Friday, we're live, 11 p.m. Central, right when I get home from work. Uh, we cover the week in wrestling for uh, whatever. It's actually whatever the guests or what who we have on is watched. So generally, it's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, and Rampage. But if we have somebody on who's a New Japan fan and they watch New Japan or they watched Impact or some, you know, GCW, whatever they want to talk about, the, the format is set up so that they can spit or swallow <laughs> what they or like gargle. or what they didn't like or gargle. <laughs> uh the week in wrestling and then uh getting off is just us talking whatever random horror movie stuff we want to talk it's all under the banner of creation world which also will give you um hashtag them dragons uh which was a recap of house of dragons um there's creation comics where travis and mara sit down they talk dc and marvel tv shows comic book movies and things like that as well as a bunch of other fun stuff and everything is available on youtube on twitch and on Pornhub, if you know you're already there and you want to come check us out uh so yeah that's pretty much the rundown of what we do that's amazing man like it's it's like for me even more so because it's like two of my biggest passions and that and we're gonna get into that next it's a I porn guess, and wrestling or well <laughs> okay maybe three but like, like pro wrestling and horror movies and it's it's so it's it is my two biggest passions as well as far as fandoms go i guess and um, like if we're talking just fandoms and like for me, they, they really are. I don't even, I think they're one A and one B like I, they, mm -hmm. they are so much. And it's, I don't even call myself a movie cinephile. You know what I mean? I, I am just a, I am a freak when it comes to horror movies. I, I, I don't sit down and watch like the latest drama or the latest comedy. Like I will watch it. I'll go to the theater to watch like a Marvel movie or whatever, but I am like passionate about like, Yep. slasher specifically but like i i will kind of venture out of slash but like that is where like i will seek out like the shittiest b movie i can find or whatever right so like i do consider them both 1a sort of 1b passions but like for you what's your is it the same kind of idea or is there one thing that sort of started for you more so than the other for for i mean for these two passions i'm literally just the american version of you like literally everything you said so uh Growing up, big wrestling fan, um, really, really got into horror. Uh, I, I've been watching horror my entire life. I, I did an episode of Getting Off where we talked about movies that scared us, and I told stories from my childhood of my mom terrifying me. We watched horror movies from when I should not have been watching horror movies. <laughs> yeah. But like my love for horror movies was really in like my teens and then through my early 20s, even at the point to where I kind of fell off watching wrestling before I got back into it. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's 1A, 1B, and... As you said, if you look behind me with Chucky and Pinhead and Michael and Jason and it's the slashers, it's, you know, the franchises, it's the mythology 
behind the franchises because yeah. i'm one of those people where you're like oh what's your favorite halloween movie and i'm going to tell you halloween six and everyone looks at me like i'm fucking crazy but it's wow like, that's listen, a hot take already man wow. <laughs> it is but i have the mark of the thorn right there it nice. gives a reason for michael to have it's the mythology behind the characters that i love and it's the same thing in wrestling because my favorite wrestlers are the fiend are the undertaker are sting from wcw it's these characters that yeah they're kind of dark and they do have a little bit of horror movie you know roots but they've got a lot of mythology behind them and that's what i love about horror and that's what i love about wrestling is yes the moves are great and there are matches and all these things and i can watch them and have a great time but i really care about the characters i care about the people in the movies that i watch and the wrestlers on the screen when you give me something to latch on to when you know undertaker is this undead guy who killed his family and his brother he thought was dead comes back to life and he's supposed to be all burnt. like that is i'm like all right this is cool this is awesome you got this guy that they're essentially michael and jason at some yeah. point coming down ripping cage doors off. that's what hooks me mankind the character work for mankind the backstory for mankind when he first came in that feud with the undertaker that's the stuff that hooks me in wrestling so no it's 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 such a such a good point and, and i'm very like the parallels are pr pretty crazy actually because i can vividly remember i i've I, i've been told this from his wife multiple times but i can even remember like totally ruining move like horror movies for my buddy because we watched uh, i think we might have been 11 maybe 10 or 11 and watching part six jason like which is one of my favorites mm -hmm. And uh, and my I think my sister who was three years older, they her friends were watching, it and I was like, oh, let's watch. He to this day is terrified, like won't watch, and she tells me every <laughs> single time how scared he is of, and she can't watch this, she can't watch. It. And I was like, whatever. It's so I can same deal. I can remember <laughs> the earliest, um, but and it, yeah, so it's it's just kind of entwined with uh, with my sort of growing up too, and and never I the we kind of are very similar too. I've never deviated from from that sort of family where i did we've talked about this a lot on the show like i there was a gap in the early 90s for me where i was out of wrestling like it was just like and it was like at 13 through 16 17 so maybe it was just like the, those years of teenage years but but yeah so it's weird it's like a very uh, creepy parallel so um i guess on that <sighs> On that Jay, topic, Jay, just before you jump yeah, in go, there, go, I was going to mention too. Like, I just got finished right before our episode, uh, your episode that you just did, the latest for getting off uh, on the uh, Slasherverse, and mm -hmm. um, I, I kept mentioning it last week with our guest uh, as far as the Hooked on Movies show that it's not just two guys getting on there going thumbs up, thumbs down for this stuff, and and you know here's here's why we like it, and here's our Rotten Tomato score. They like go deep yeah. in these movies, and like that was the same thing that I had to say about your. Uh, your show you guys aren't just talking about hey what's the coolest beheading in this movie no it's like you went deep on that the way you, you, you dissect it. and i mean you were writing you were writing a book you know, as uh, far as, you know. i was writing something i don't necessarily yeah. know and i felt really bad about that episode because at the end like i found it and then like i'm not even really paying attention like justin and katie are talking and i'm like yeah. scanning through and, and i'm like i shouldn't be doing that while i'm doing a podcast so I apologize for that, but yeah, no, it was. Great. I was writing something. I don't yeah. know what it will end up being, but no. Um, like you said, I love digging into because yeah. with these movies, you have all of this lore, and it, it changes. And my that's the one thing that drives me insane about both wrestling and about horror movies is, for example, Jason. You, Jason changes over time. 
the way that you can kill him changes through certain movies, whether it's what they give us in Jason Goes to Hell or, you know, how he's brought back to life with lightning and the parallels to Frankenstein. Like, there are all these things, but there are concrete facts. There are dates where things happened and everything. And I wanted to try and tie everything together mm -hmm. with that Slashiverse conversation and find a way through the Necronomicon Ex Mortis to kind of give a reason for, A, how all of my favorite slashers got their powers, even, you know, through the means that they kind of explain, but not really, as well as clean up the timelines a little bit because everything's really scattered and everything's all over the place. Halloween has, if you count Rob Zombie, uh, three, <clears throat> four timelines, four? Uh, well, actually, it's funny. I was going to bring this up as you just mentioned it. I just watched the video. I don't know if you watch him. Cody Leach is great, great horror content on YouTube, and he had top 10. He actually ordered the... I think it was eight or ten timelines of Halloween. Depending on if you do just one movie counted as one timeline, yeah. you can actually go up to about ten timelines. And he actually ranked them sort of like in, in his uh they're calling the he he now, I don't know if they are, but he called the latest one um as uh the Haddonfield timeline. So like where okay. Haddonfield is kind of the anyway, it was really cool. So check out Cody Leach if you haven't already on uh on YouTube. But uh yeah, it's so so cool, man. Like we're we're definitely on the same page with that and I, I get a little more cynical maybe than you do because of all the different Hollywood approaches to these characters and how many times they've bastardized this sort of the, the timelines and changed them. And, and, and your, your part six uh, take on Halloween and BC might, might not be following, but I don't hate the Thorn timeline. I don't, I actually quite like the Thorn timeline. I've just uh, recently rewatched. Um, I was going to do four five and six and then kind of, didn't get a great copy of the four, so kind of was stuck with five and six. But um, but I I have no issues with six. It's just not my favorite timeline, I guess. But yeah. I don't mind the movie on its own. Plus, we've got all kinds of great characters in that too. So, uh -huh. like yeah. Paul Rudd. Yeah, well, who doesn't love say, Paul Rudd? It's Tommy Doyle. Who, like, come on. Which is a bit annoying though that he will. I think I've read that he will. He he won't even acknowledge that he did it or whatever. Like he won't even bring it up. I guess really? now. Yeah, he won't. Uh, come he, on, Paul. He, he kind of dismisses it and he like, he doesn't want to talk about it. He won't, if a reporter brings it up, I don't even think he'll, he'll, he'll talk about it. But whereas if like I Kevin ever get Bacon, the chance to sit down with him, oh I'm going to be like, Paul Rudd, I don't care what you say. You yeah. were in this movie and I loved you. You were the better he was Tommy good Doyle. In it. Yeah, he was good <laughs> in it. And like, but like versus Kevin Bacon, I think he, he talks about Friday the 13th, like, like very lovingly. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So anyway, it's, uh, it's interesting. So, um, all right, well, let's pivot off, um, the, uh, the horror for a bit. Cause we're going to get back to it. Um, but I don't know about you guys. I watched, uh, I stayed up for the 18 hours or whatever to watch full gear last night. Cause those <laughs> pay-per-views are fucking long, but, um, thoughts on full gear. Let's, let's talk about full gear. Any spoilers out there, whatever, uh, Matt, you, uh, up to speed on what happened last night. I'm up to speed. I was actually, uh, talking to BC Hunter right before we got on. I did not. Uh, opt into watching the pay-per-view itself um okay. i sat down after everything was said and done and i watched the full highlight video of uh, okay. everything that so, happened so i got all the beats i saw everyone it, yeah. who won and everything like that and uh from what i saw it looked like a great pay-per-view like everyone that i wanted to see win kind of won and since i watched the highlights i didn't see any of the botches or anything like that so yeah. if there were any everything mm -hmm. looked like it was really good and fun so mm -hmm. Yeah, BC, did you watch it in full? I don't know. Yeah, you I, watched, you were going I actually to, yeah. sat down and watched the whole thing. So yeah. did I. And I will have to say this, Matt. I, I think your your initial take is a good one because I enjoyed it. Like, there was not a real... So I find sometimes with their papers, there's a lull, right? I mean, there's mm -hmm. just so many matches. You get into a bit of lull. But they did a pretty good job of pacing that out last night. And I was kind of doing other things a little bit. But, like, pretty much paying attention. 
And um, I thought the pacing was good. The the opener was a great pick for Jack. Now calling him Jack Perry is also a great pick, I think, too. But that was that was a good match. And I know there's probably like still some some Jungle Boy haters out there. And I'm not a big Jungle Boy guy, but I thought that was a hell of a match. I thought it was really really good um, for a cage match to open that show too. Um, and there were some standout matches, like all the women I thought did really well. I thought they, they, uh, they held their own on that show. Oh, BC's got a different take, but just Nyla and Jade. That's the only oh, one that okay. was, yeah, Sorry. that was a mess. I was kind of even a amazing. Yeah. I was erasing that one from my mind, but Jade, I love, but that's still, she's Jade is too green to go in there and not put her in there with, with people who yeah. can just carry yeah. her. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, that's not her fault. I don't think, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I thought, I thought, uh, it was good. The ending was great. I we knew what was going to happen, and it still did happen, and was still good. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good show overall. I mean, they didn't. I, do... I would have ranked it a B, honestly. Yeah, like absolutely. It, yeah, and, sure. and and so much. Here's where I was going to go with it too. Is like so much of their stuff on Bayview was always like the anticipating of the debut or the mm-hmm. sort of the big surprise or whatever, right? And they didn't really roll into any of that, and it was like it was just purely based on the talent roster they had, and like booking angles right and i thought that was really cool and i thought that was a it's a good the the mjf mox match was great and i love mox getting pissed off i don't even think he got pissed off but i love him playing the heel like i thought that was mm-hmm. i thought it was great which again is weird given the the booking that they ultimately did so do you really want to make mox come out like that you know it was a little bit puzzling because now he actually actually might come off as a heel right on on dynamite or whatever right if if people were carrying that over and uh so the be uh, really interesting to see where they go with this because yeah. hey you have regal essentially assisting mjf and turning on the blackpool combat yep. club you already have tension in the blackpool combat club with brian danielson and essentially everyone else especially daniel garcia i was always a uh, not not Daniel Garcia. I'm sorry. Wheeler Yuta. Um, yeah. I was I was a fan of the idea of having Wheeler Yuta be Mox's guy and Garcia being Brian Danielson's guy and playing up that tension. They didn't yeah. end up going that way. They went with the JAS. But uh, yeah, no Dynamite. I'm actually really because we've got Samoa Joe as a new TNT champion. Uh, we have this story now to see where the Blackpool Combat Club goes, as well as hearing Regal's motivation and reasoning behind why he turned his back on them and helped mjf and where Mm -hmm. all this is going i do have two questions from this though just from the out of context highlights that i watched so the cage match there was one point where i saw in the cage match where they were outside of the cage so winning by escape was not no it was a pinfall pinfall submission only kind of scenario i think and i think they've been consistent with that rule for their cage matches which for me as a as a video game wrestling guy that's I switch that that cage escape off every time because I, I mm-hmm. hate that tip. Like you're you're trying to keep people out and keep you in. Why are you trying? How do you yeah. win? The by whole point it's of the just, cage. It's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like you should. I agree. Everything should happen in the cage. So that that I don't know if you saw how they did it, but basically Christian did it as Christian sliminess yeah. and got the key and then opened the door and then they kind of kicked Christian out and that kind of got rid of him in the match and. So, yeah, I thought it, it wasn't too campy or whatever how they accomplished that. So uh, it, it, it came off pretty well. But what I did, what I did think was, I don't know, PC if you thought this too. So bloody Jack Perry goes out after winning, goes over to his wife, his, to his sister, to his mom, and like yeah. gets blood all over them. Yeah. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, that's gross, man. Like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, the, the, the mom's hair was like covered in blood. Yeah, she had it like all over her face when they shot it. Anyway. It was pretty fun. But uh, yeah, so 
So anyway, but that was where uh, that one came. And they do, I don't find AEW does a great job of explaining the tips, but uh, mm-hmm. I think that one, I think that one's been a consistent one for them for for a bit. But um, even, yeah, even I, if the even if the show wasn't that great, they did two things right. They they put the belt on Hater, and that was a fantastic yeah. match with Storm. Yeah, they made the right call on that, which AEW is notorious for not doing. And the right call with uh, with MJF as well. Yep. And mm-hmm. the regal turn was the right uh, call, too. I would also say they, that not putting the belts back on the on the Elite was also a good call. Yes. I assume yes. the Elite, yes, I assume the elite were winning. As mm-hmm. soon as the, that match is there, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess they're giving yeah. the belts back to Elite. And then yeah. that was a good call, too, I thought. And they, Kenny looked fucking fantastic. Like, that dude, that dude's been hitting the gym for the last two months because he looked jacked. Yeah, he, looked, he looked healthy. He looked, inc- looked healthy. Incredibly yeah. healthy. Mm-hmm. The Bucks, I mean, I'm like BC knows I'm not a big Bucks guy, but I, you know what? I don't know where they're going with them, if they're going to be heel again or if they're going to stick with that face that they were sort of doing before the suspension and stuff. But uh, I thought that was an enjoyable match. And, and, and again, I'm not their biggest fan, but I, I stayed paid attention the whole match because uh, also, can we talk about how fucking good a uh, shape Penta's in now? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Dude mm-hmm. is ripped now. Like, yeah. what happened there? So that was cool to see too. But, um, and then the the angle with Phoenix kind of using the hammer, I thought that was yeah. cool. Like, there's I'm with you, Matt. There's a there's a lot of good angles really bubbling here. Um, it, and the the Samoa Joe thing is interesting too. Like, are we yeah. are they building this out more? For like, I I, I feel like there's something coming there. I, I was gonna ask you both. So any and I haven't looked this up yet, but anywhere because the the latest I had heard was Regal had not resigned, was off was demanding big big money to resign is this possible that this is a way to write off the blackpool comic club and regal's gone i have not heard uh anything about regal's contract situation so that is actually news to me but um i feel like having him screw the blackpool combat club over and then disappear would kind of be a weird choice Mm -hmm. like because like i said you're gonna want to hear why he did it now yeah I guess if he comes out and he says why he did it, and then MJF just becomes MJF and says, I got what I want. I don't need you anymore. Yeah. Bye. Beats, yeah. beats him yeah. up or something like that. Yeah. 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 That's a mega heat, right? Yeah. If you, yeah. you see old man. Yeah. I got, I got what you, what I needed out of you and see you later. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know. That was the couple weeks ago rumor that he was, he was demanding like ludicrous money, like money that he knew they weren't going to pay him. Cause he's obviously triple H's right hand man as soon as he goes back there. Right. So mm-hmm. Anyway, well, the other I, thing, Jay, the other, thing, the other angle, they they still do have a built-in angle. Even if Regal's got a little bit of time left, they can always go with a stipulation match where Regal's leaves Gone. the company right. or That's something. And that fair. could be back, uh, the combat club because it can't be called Blackpool anymore, right? Yeah. But they could be the combat club, either they disassemble and then and Regal stays or something like that. Yeah, but fair enough. I like the idea of MJF just turning on him and getting yeah. mega heat from that. Yeah, because like that, that guy doesn't need anybody. He, he's a... No. He, like anyway so great uh, I, yeah so i guess uh, we're all kind of on the same page i thought they did a really good job i didn't see any the was there any pre-show stuff i didn't see the if there was pre-show stuff or the whatever they called it, it was the uh, ricky starks uh beat um brian cage in the, uh, oh, in the okay. so to go to the finals against ethan page and then they had the dan Harris oh right then, the eliminator yeah. thing or whatever yeah. i was wondering mm-hmm. why i didn't see ethan page on the th- on the uh so paper. they're fighting on dynamite on wednesday oh yeah. okay yeah. okay the starks just got beat up right like mm, yeah, yeah he did he got, but he he ended up winning that match though yeah. so it's, it's starks and page but yeah he did he did he got that was weird the whole um what's his name um oh, geez I, I forget his name now uh lance archer but, oh yes 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 yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. 
What did you guys, uh, and, and, and Clips might not have shown this, but a very passionate uh, promo from, from Britt, and then she still takes the W, the L against Soraya. Like, I thought that was interesting booking. I thought for sure Britt was going over. I, I just watching that match, I was like, Britt should go over in this match. And then, and then, uh, Page or Soraya or whatever Soraya is it Soraya or Soraya? I don't know. Soraya. Soraya. Then she gets so I was like ah I was disappointed with that. I thought I thought if they really wanted to build that feud, then then Britt gets the win in there after that after that a passionate promo. Yes, yeah, so I got to give full props to Mr. Ritter here. He came up with a new name for the finisher for for Soraya, the Soraya of Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was going to ask that nice. because I'm so I was watching the highlights and I saw her do the Page Turner, and they yeah. called it Nightfall, I think. And then mm-hmm. she hit two rampages, and the way that they cut the highlights, it's just like, oh, she Soraya hit it, and but they never said <laughs> a name for it. And no, I'm sitting they, there and I, was I don't like, think they did. Did they did they name it? Because if they didn't, I thought they, I heard them say it. it. My, so to, to be fair, it. my feed cut out around the end of the match, so all I got sort of was like the ending kind of part. So I, yeah, I might have missed. I thought I heard them say rampage for it. one of them at least, really? but I could be wrong. I could be wrong because you could yeah. you. I mean, it's not. It could just be R A M P A G E. It doesn't have to be yeah. ramp. Right. Right on me, like there's no. Yeah. But that's pretty borderline. They might still get a cease and desist on that one if <laughs> if WWE's feeling shitty. Listen, think about this. All right. If you got one signature move called the Nightfall, why not name your finisher the Soraya Sunshine? Four <laughs> opposites. It works. It fits the gimmick. Makes it's got sense. your name in there. I'm it just, makes yep. sense. Makes sense. Yep. Anyway, that was the only that was the only decision sort of on the on the booking side of things. I was like, ah, I really wish Britt would have won that because no. that was a such a good promo. But I guess we got so much with Britt last night hey she put Soraya over in her return after like you're not yeah. you don't want someone to come back after all of that time and everything and then lose their very first match yeah, like that's I knew true. That's true. she was winning right out of the gate and now that she's lost because Britt is despite the promo that she cut still the heel she came out she stomped Tony Storm on the belt helped Jamie get the win or yeah, tried to this all of those things. So there's still going to be that. Now Tony and Soraya can get together and they've got, you know, Britt and Jamie. Jamie's got the title. I was more surprised that Britt helped Jamie get the title and didn't turn on Jamie than yeah. I was that she lost to Soraya. Yeah. Although I, I saw something on uh Twitter that was <laughs> seems apropos. They were they were uh showing the uh the Triple H Orton angle where uh, where he turned on him with the thumbs down. They said, oh, Here, right. "Here's Britain, uh, Jamie yeah. tomorrow night," <laughs> <laughs> <That is laughs> which totally would be cool. which would be fitting. But yeah, even Brit even was saying when she's attacking uh, Tony, like this is this is Jamie's time. She's saying that yeah. kind of stuff. So either she's mm-hmm. she's going to turn on her, which it seems like that's setting up, or here we go with this because you got natural angles there. It works, you know. Did you guys happen to hear or read about what uh, Tony Storm said about the whole interim championship? And I know this has been kind of a hot button with a lot of people, even Sean Spears. Uh, but they're still he, calling it that. Yeah, so yeah. Annoying. So Sean Spears last night said this. This he tweeted that this interim stuff is bullshit. You're a champion or or nothing, right? right. And then Tony Storm's point, she had a passionate interview, I guess, saying like, "I have to win this match because if I lose the interim championship." It doesn't was even she, count. Was she I ever have, a champion? Right. right. That's what she right. said. She said, I right. have to hold it until I fight the real champion and then I can right. become the champion. So it doesn't even count, which I agree with. I think that's, and I don't, I don't, I don't agree that Tony Storm shouldn't be considered a champion. I agree that it makes it seem like that. Yeah. And, uh-huh. 
I mean, if you don't go pat, if you can't get 30 days or fight, you just, just drop the championship. This interim stuff, especially now, like how long has Thunder Rosa been it's gone? Been months. It's been months, right? So where are they the like, where are they stuff. going with it? Where, where does it end? Well, that, so with the interim stuff, I, I look at it like this. I have not personally viewed Tony Storm as any less of a champion than I did anyone no, else, no, despite no. the title. Mm-hmm. At the same time, when you keep exaggerating the idea that it's interim and pushing it in our face and reminding us that yeah. it's interim, yeah. like you said, it does take away from the prestige of her title run. Because this entire time, I go out there and I don't think about it until they just start. Yes. Oh, interim champion. Like I just look at Tony Storm as champion. And I was actually saying... I honestly didn't think Tony was going to lose because it's the interim title. And I figured we were waiting to get to Thunder Rosa and uh, Kylie Fuller. um, I was, I think I was tweeting with Mr. Warren Hayes and she went in and she said, actually, I think it would be really cool to see the title change hands as an interim title. Cause that's not something you see very often. Everyone expects her to hold it until Thunder Rosa comes back and they get that, you know, and she was right. Like I thought about that and I was like, it is kind of cool because then you do have all of these questions. Was mm-hmm. Tony legitimately a champion? In our eyes, yes, but on paper, I don't know. And then what does that do for her story arc going forward if Tony can book one? Um, <laughs> as well as uh, now Jamie is in that position, and can Jamie beat Thunder Rosa and hold yeah. on to that title and legitimize herself? Because, yeah, yeah, she beat Tony, but Tony didn't beat Thunder Rosa to get that right. title. So Thunder Rosa still has that spot. So there's some interesting stuff going forward here. You kind of got some inner. You could even have Jamie and Tony trade the title back and forth until Thunder comes back, and then you set up a three way or something like that. Who's the legit champion? But yeah, you're right. Does Tony book it the right way? Because Tony Storm now has quite the redemption story set up there because she didn't truly have the championship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. And and but the more weird thing for me is they're not even touching, like like they keep saying interim champion. But we're not getting any updates on Thunder Rosa. They're not even bringing her up in storyline. They're not, they're not mentioning her name really that much. Like it's, it's, it, they keep putting the interim in her face, but without sort of giving us the reason why. So yeah. you know what I mean. That's and the, the weird whole, part to me, the whole thing about Thunder Rosa and her injury and everything, also when it happened, seemed kind of like Tony Storm kind of alluded to maybe she wasn't really injured or not really yeah. injured bad enough yeah. to. And then, like you said, we haven't heard from her. And I was kind of expecting, like you said, at some point, they'd just be like, yeah, she is now champion, Thunder Rosa, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, solid- and it didn't come and it didn't happen. So I don't I don't know what's going on with Thunder Rosa. And her, I don't even know what her injury is. I don't either. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's been like radio silence on, on that front for a while, I think. It just, it, it all seems really weird. I don't know. Like, I don't know this work shoot stuff. You ne- can never put it past Tony, but... Um, I don't know. Something seems off with it. And like, it it doesn't even make sense from a storyline perspective. That's what's weird about it. Like you're not even, you're not even wrapping it into a story. Right. So mm-hmm. anyway, we'll, uh, we'll see where that goes, but what Jay, um, one last thing before we, yeah. we should get up back on the horror stuff, but yeah, just one yeah, last sure. thing. And I don't know if you heard about this, Matt, but uh, there was a serious 
FU CM Punk chant going on. I was just going to bring that up. How about yeah, that for yeah. for a CM Punk chant? For I CM know, Punk and chant. you had and you had the elite kind of encouraging it. But what are your thoughts on that? You're a Chicago guy. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's pretty quick to turn your back on old Mr. Punk, considering what he did for. Be- before AEW. you answer, I also thought it was amazingly cool that they came out to carry on your like to Wayward Son. Like yeah. the lyrics of that song are so fitting for the situation. Like, <laughs> okay, I, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was amazing. <laughs> Um, they were in Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't, yeah. I don't expect yeah. anything less from people in Jersey. I, <laughs> no, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I there are a lot of people that are very mad at CM Punk that cannot stand CM Punk that never want to see CM Punk in AEW again and blame him for everything that happened. Yeah, I am not a CM Punk apologist. I don't think he was without fault or wrong. I'm not really on any side. I just I look at it this way. Like I said, it's it's about the characters and the people that I enjoy watching. And I am not an elite guy. Like, I came watching AEW to find out what everyone had been telling me about Kenny Omega. And yeah, the we're Bucks. basically yes. all in the same boat there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But Kenny Omega and the Bucks never, in my opinion, uh, maybe the Bucks match wise was some stuff they did with like the Lucha Bros and things like that. But like, they never really lived up to the hype that I had going in, especially Kenny, his run as champion. Like, I never, I'm like, he's good. He's really good, but he's not better than seth rollins like he's on par with a lot of the guys that i look at as top stars but he's not like the best wrestler i've ever seen i'm not blown away by this guy like the way everyone brings definitely not the best in the world like he was toted right right exactly (laughs) so i have never really been a big elite guy i made a lot of jokes during the whole thing about like oh yeah he went in there to save a dog right like get out of here like of course i would say that too to get sympathy like oh yeah i just went in there to protect the dog and then you find out the dog may or may have not gotten hurt anyway so now he's terrible at doing that as well Neither <laughs> um I, I don't really take sides i understand why everyone's mad at cm punk i i personally think there's fault on both sides i feel like sure. punk got way more of the heat than he deserved when it should have been pretty much divided evenly because again these guys are not just wrestlers they're also evps they are mm-hmm. executives yeah. they're expected to handle business at a different level than a cm punk who is a top tier talent you are an executive in this company you are held to a different standard so even if he says if you have a problem with me come talk to me you don't go to his locker room and try and handle business like that as you would a regular talent that's not how they should have done it so i feel like the heat wasn't properly divided amongst the fan base a lot of it is oh well i heard all of this about cm punk when he was in wwe and now a lot of people that were like, oh, no, I'm Team CM Punk after his WWE stuff. They were like, well, no, they, Triple H and everyone, that, that they were right about him the whole time. Like, uh, you didn't say that seven years ago, eight years ago yeah. when this stuff happened. You were all about it. Like, so I'm divided. I don't expect anything less from Jersey to chant fuck you, CM Punk. Like, <laughs> of course they did. You guys do your thing. I, was, I feel like there's some weird Jersey-Chicago rivalry that exists. Yeah, that yeah I really. don't know why it does, but it does. So, Well, also, and I mean... Maybe it solidifies the fact that he is gone because the rumor is that he's he's done with them and there's really bad uh, ill will towards Punk from AEW. But like Kenny Omega encouraging it on the apron, also like he actually was sort of ish going like along with the chant. It was just like oh, that's probably not a good look for an EVP too, right? Like and the thing is, he's not going to get heat for that. Like, I know, if, no. but he should. If it was the other way around and CM Punk was out there and they were chanting "fuck you, Elite" and CM Punk. Yeah. Twitter would be blowing yeah. up with he's such a piece yeah. of shit. And he's yeah. just and he's 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 everything they said. He's toxic. He's terrible. Why would he yeah. encourage that? Well, 
he does that and he's not going to get heat for it. the things that they do because they're so loved by their fan base because they're looked at as kind of like the these wholesome clean like can't really do anything wrong like s- super baby faces when i really don't believe they are no right um they're not going to get heat for encouraging that. They're like, yeah, CM Punk sucks. You, I love Kenny. Yeah, cheer. And it makes no sense to me because you're, you're. it's always going to be that double standard. If it was the other way around, Punk would be destroyed for it. But because it's Kenny and because they've painted this picture of themselves as like kind of, they're, I feel like they're almost like youth pastors. And maybe that's why the fuck I don't like them. It's like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like they're better <laughs> suited to be in a Christian rock band than wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. what it is, but yeah they painted this picture of themselves so now yeah. everything they do it's like oh they're doing it for the good of the good of wrestling and the good of the people and you know they're gonna save us uh they're gonna crucify kenny and kenny's gonna you know yeah. save our wrestling souls or whatever the hell's going on like yeah that, that's i think that's an awesome take like uh, so i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna i just want to finish with with one more point but I, and i'm gonna preface it by saying i too am not a cm punk apologist i have actually was a fan and wasn't a fan and then did get then i did pop for the return and all that stuff and then but my take on the press conference was he he was completely unprofessional especially with your boss sitting right next to you that is inconceivable to me that that it, it would never like i've heard eric bush of bishop talk like it would never happen anywhere else like tony just sitting there and letting it happen is also a problem let's be mm-hmm. real that should have been cut off as yeah. soon as that was going on he should have took the mic that is your company and he's disrespecting you in front of anyway. Th- so all of that was, was nonsense. However, I did hear something interesting. I think we might've talked about it on the show a few weeks ago, but there is rumor that triple H reached out to his boys, FDR and got the firsthand knowledge that no, 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 this was not a, this was not a Phil Brooks kind of initiated problem. And Phil was actually the one trying to be, uh, to turn over a new leaf and, and be supportive in the locker room and sort of give the advice and be the mentor. And they were adamant that it was an elite thing where it's a toxic environment from the elite where there's video game rooms and uh, nobody will take kind of criticisms and constructive feedback and all of this nonsense. And that's why Triple H is actually interested in bringing him back because like he got firsthand like intel as to what happened right and i buy that i actually do buy that i really do see and that is exactly what i'm talking about so when all of this happened and everyone was you know oh fuck cm punk fuck cm punk and i agree he was very unprofessional however i feel like there's a lot of things that people kind of looked over like everyone's like oh well you know he he did this and he did that it's like yes but hangman page came out on tv and called him out he did. first he did he did uh there are rumors of the bucks and kenny in interviews saying things about the situation with colt cabana and cm punk and prompting all of this stuff that he said in that press conference i'm trying to let this stuff go and move on and you guys won't let it die you keep throwing it in my face i've got that guy chanting you know colt cabana stuff at me while i'm trying to cut a promo which is why he flipped out on him, which right, again, yeah. probably not what he should have yeah. done, especially as a baby face. But like he was trying to move on and be done with it. And Hangman and the elite wouldn't let it go. And I, I preface this too. I'm like, you know, Cody ended up doing the thing and not burning any bridges, but there were a lot of rumors that Cody had issues with the elite I, before he yeah. left to intention. Then Cody's like, nah, you know what? Everything's cool. We're fine. Like, which but I don't think that's, that's not by professionalism from think. Cody yeah. is like, I'm not going to burn bridges over here. I'm going to go do my thing. But clearly there were some booking yeah, changes. There were some things going on that Cody was not happy with. 
maybe the young bucks and Kenny are not the wholesome youth pastors. You guys all think they are. Maybe they're kind of fucking toxic too. Like, yep. Yeah. It's a two way street. It'll be interesting to see where all the, all this shit plays out, but I am of the firm belief now that people are like, Oh, there's no way he's coming back to wrestling in general. I was like, I don't know. Like, like WWE is a machine. They just want money. If anyone can, well, we've talked about this before, but Triple H was the one who brought um, Bruno and Warrior back into the fold. You telling me he wouldn't do that for business? You telling me he wouldn't mm-hmm. make he wouldn't make CM Punk an offer to because it's best for business, and that legit would be best for business on some sort of like per appearance like Lesnar type deal or Edge deal or something? Hell yeah, he would. Like he doesn't give a shit about what happened in the past, and that that's all water on the bridge as far as he's what, but. It does make sense that he was trying to get the real story, and that that would be. And if he trusts FDR, which he probably does, which we said more hilarious that he's talking to FDR regularly than mm-hmm. than the story coming out. But that would be kind of another thing. But anyway, I we'll we'll end it on that. But I just I won't be shocked honestly if he's uh, if he does show up in the summer or something for some huge huge show. BC, I don't know. It looks like you uh, yeah. Time. I'll just add one last point. So this will probably be the last part that I talk in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but jay can confirm this i am the least likely person to stand up for cm punk absolutely Honestly, i i can't stand cm punk i'm sorry i think he's caused more harm to wrestling over the, the over the last seven years when he's been gone he could have easily just stepped up on social media and said hey guys i get it you like chant my name but enough you're ruining pay-per-views you're ruining pushes for people you're ruining wrestling period by doing this but to me I don't necessarily think I'm with you, Matt. I don't necessarily think he's in the wrong completely in this. He's in the wrong in the way he handled that press conference, but Jay hit the nail on the head. Vince McMahon would have throttled him by the throat and shut off the mic immediately before that got anywhere. The The EVPs were wrong in the way they handled everything. And the other thing is, you know what wrestling fans for seven fucking years, you chanted this guy's name and asked for him back when you knew what kind of a person he was. You don't deserve the right to get to now tell him yeah. F you. Yeah. You got true. what you asked for. You know? So that's yeah, that's all I'm gonna say true. on that. And, I, and I'm not a CM Punk guy, that's for sure. Yeah. But you know, that's I, I at this point now, after last night, I actually do want to see him show up in <laughs> WWE, even if it's for oh. one night. And I would never have said that ever in my yeah. life. So, yeah. It'll be interesting. All right, let's uh, let's let's uh, kind of move on to a little more uh, uh, horror talk here, and it's it's kind of doubling back to where we kind of came in with the passions. But uh, Matt, where do you where do you think this this correlation or this? Because I, I don't think it's just us. I think this is something I see all the time. Like, why are wrestling and horror fans connected? Like, why why do you think there's this natural crossover? I mean, just look at Jericho showing up in Terrifier too, and. All the mm-hmm. podcasts he does, he lo- Jericho is a huge horror fan. And like, he's not the only one. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, wrestlers out there, pro wrestlers too. That it's just it just seems to be this like connective tissue between pro wrestling and horror. Like, what is it, man? I don't know. I, I was trying to think about it myself. I don't have an answer, but I just those two fandoms seem to cross over more than any other fandoms. I don't know what it is. Um, I might actually have an answer for you. So I, I've actually thought a lot about this too, but not necessarily in this vein. I, it, more so in the vein of like my fandom. So I personally have gone on record and said that the um, the new wave of horror, the, uh, uh, what are they calling it? I'm blanking out here. Um, elevated. 
the elevated horror, the like the, the A twenty four stuff, like the the A twenty four stuff, yeah, the hereditaries, okay. the mid. Right. It's not for me. It's not what I enjoy. It, it, I I've watched. You know, I I cannot stand It Follows. It is probably my least favorite horror movie of all time. I was so angry coming out of that, and I have ranted about it nonstop. But, like, that stuff is it for me. Where I I do actually like Get Out. I like Us. I like the stuff that Jordan Peele does. But a lot of the other stuff that everyone... Oh, it's... They say it's horror for uh, people who like a higher art form of entertainment, as if it's better than the (laughs) horror that we love. And that's how a lot of people look at wrestling, too, is wrestling is kind of even though it's become more mainstream and all this, it's always been kind of considered this like lowbrow entertainment yeah. sport and horror is also kind of considered like this lowbrow form of movie entertainment. And I think that's kind of, if that's what you enjoy and you don't care about people, you know, looking down on you from the tip of their nose and you just enjoy what you enjoy. These forms of entertainment have a lot of similarities and a lot of connected. I mean, we talked about, my favorite characters being guys like the undertaker Kane and the fiend and the undertaker will tell you that he got, you know, the sitting up and the things that he did from watching the Halloween movies and, you know, the movements and all that from Michael Myers and from Jason and studying these films and things like that. So there are, there's crossover there, but I feel like it's just, it's a form of entertainment that is very similar in the way that stories are told and what you're there for. You're there for the thrills and the chills and, you know, a little bit of character development, but you're not looking for anything, you know, for the most part, thought provoking or anything like that. You're there to just have a good time. That's why I watch wrestling. That's why I love horror because I can sit down and I can pop these movies on at any time. Horror is my comfort. Like yeah, if I'm having a bad day, I'm coming home and I'm popping in, you know, Halloween 2018 and I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to watch Michael do his thing and I'm going to enjoy yeah. it or cabin in the woods or uh 2013's evil dead which i absolutely love and a lot of people love that don't, too yep love it's it too. fucking fantastic mm-hmm. um so these are the things like where you might come home and you might oh i had a shitty day i want to watch like uh um gone with the wind <laughs> gone, uh, i was gonna go for uh like the hangover or oh, uh, seinfeld or something old like school that. Or, yeah. like i want a comedy to make me laugh like and that's fine like do that for me i'd much rather just kind of like through a passive aggressive way, sit down and watch something that's going to get my anger out by watching somebody get slaughtered or watching people go out and do a ring and put on a show and beat the crap yeah. out of each other. Like that's, so I think that's kind of where that connection is, is there's, there's that in that it's almost kind of the same medium of entertainment in a way. Yeah. I think that's a, you know what? And uh, when you, when you were saying it, I was like, fuck, you're dead on like that. They they are so similar in that sense, and and throw in the elements of we get a little bit of the comedy sh- to stick with both of them too, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, every good, really good horror. Like it's not my favorite favorite, but Part Six, Jason uh, uh, lives. It's it's widely accounted. Well, I don't know if that's the right term, but like f- fans do look at that one as one of the best in the franchise. I don't think it is the best, but it is a really good flick. But they took that one a little more comedic, right? That that was mm-hmm. sort of they took a little more campy, quote unquote, right? But so we get that in wrestling too, where we get a little bit of that like comic relief too throughout the story. So I think it's that's really good. Those parallels are really really spot on. And to your point, it's it's not like um, what's all the Christopher Nolan movies and stuff where like I I have to like sit there intently 
like watching to make sure I didn't miss or slip. Like, oh my God, what was that character saying? Or like, even like Game of Thrones, for Christ's sake, I was lost mm-hmm. half the show for Game of Thrones because I can't keep up with the character names and all stuff. So that's a good parallel too. And like, we never, it's it's very on the surface writing, right? I mean, like we don't have to worry about the, the underlying tones, a- apart from the Jordan Peele stuff, which I am not a giant fan of, but um like most horror movies, especially my genre, like slasher, like your your favorite too. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about that. There's no subliminal meetings. There's no, there's no nothing. It's like right in your fucking face. This is what's going on. And wrestling's the same way, I guess. And and to the most part, I mean, BC can probably recount a bunch of good storylines that had some sort of undertones of other things, and probably. Uh, but for the most part, they put that shit in our face too. Like here's the here's the two guys. You know who you're supposed to cheer. You know supposed to, you know who you're supposed to hate. Here's the story. They're going to fight over this. Boom. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's where it is. And yeah, even, it, even with some of the horror that we grew up loving, like, there are, for the time period where the movies were made, there are societal undertones and there's everything. But, oh, absolutely. I don't mean that they're completely yeah. devoid of that, but but what on I, this, yeah. I, as you were going to say, you can enjoy these movies not have been, like, if you were not a part of that generation, you can still sit down and enjoy these movies at face value. Like, it's yeah. not the movies and what you get out of them is dependent on understanding some deeper meaning, right? Like you can just watch it and it goes on. And then if you live through the things that, you know, they're kind of highlighting or um, mimicking or uh, trying to work into the story and you understand it, you may understand it on a different level, but it doesn't take away from the enjoyment of a slasher franchise like Halloween nightmare on Elm street, so on and so forth. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, just to, yeah, just where you were mentioning to put the the wrestling perspective on Jay, it's like uh, like Jim Ross always talks about as an announcer laying out for a little bit and not jumping ahead and telling the people what the story is. You let the audience figure it out themselves, and it's the same thing like you're talking about with the horrors. You shouldn't have to sit there and do quantum physics to figure out what the hell's going on in a movie. Right. It should be pretty pretty simple that it, you can see what's coming without actually giving away everything at the same time mm-hmm. and wrestling supposed to be that same way. Anytime you get into like crazy way off the, the reservation uh, uh, storylines, you're just, you're just lost the audience. You just, they just can't keep up. It should be simple enough that they can see what's coming, but they still get a bit of a surprise at the end with it. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's such a good parallel. And I think that uh, I think you just, you just answered. I didn't expect an answer, but I think you did answer uh, <laughs> why that uh, thing. And And I think your point about like, people who like both just don't give a shit about what people think. I think that's also a big, big deal. Like I, I'm a, I, I say it all the time. Like I'm a proud fan of both. Like I, I don't make excuses. I'll tell people like, I know there's some wrestling fans out there that'll be like a little coy about it and they won't really say, but I'm like, no, true you. Like this is, this is, this is my passion. You know what I mean? And uh, same thing with horror is like, no, I embrace that shit. Like that's to me, it's like such a, when you can like this is how I look at it, and pro wrestling is its own kind of massive fandom and so. But when a when a sub genre of a of a genre, you know what I mean, can be so massive, like even just slashers and horror, like that is in and of itself people's favorites. But just like when you can be fan, like most people will say they're fans of movies. They oh well, like I like movies, like I'm a movie guy, whatever. Right? Like they don't say I'm a comedy guy, you know what I mean, or they don't say I'm a drama guy or whatever. Like we have a fandom that says, no, no, I am a horror fan. Like that is, that is my thing. I guess sci-fi is pretty up there too, I guess. So that yep. would be, that would probably be the other one, which I do enjoy sci-fi as well. But, 
but uh and to be fair there's a lot of crossover there right when you got alien yeah. and and predator and all that stuff like it's it's i mean it's not i guess you have your true star wars and all that stuff which doesn't have a horror element but anyway so i just think there that element of on un, uh apologetically loving the two things i think that's a really good take as well i think that's uh good point you don't put your podcast on Pornhub if you're worried about what people are going to think <laughs> Fair enough. it is what it is Fair like, enough. Fair enough. <laughs> i walked out seven days a week you will either find me in either sometimes my own merch but generally it'll either be a horror t-shirt or like today i was rocking shotzi blackheart i saw that you'll see black panther and do everything like and there are people i'll go out and they'll be like oh nwo i used to watch wrestling i'm like oh i still do and i've got a podcast and if <laughs> yeah. you want to listen to it you can check if it not, out <laughs> whatever like they're like i loved it back in the 90s when it was good i'm like and it's still good and i still watch it like you so, don't think so cool like that's on you this is this is a weirdly weirdly relatable story so me and my buddy go out not bc uh, wasn't there but it was me and my other buddy who was also a fan of both horror and, and wrestling and uh, we go see halloween ends which we will talk, which this is a bit of a, a segue, but a segue, uh, as they say. A seg- yeah, in, in, uh, we're both to talk about that, but um, we go to the theater and watch it. And there was uh, another group, uh, it might have been his family. I mean, it was a, uh, kind of a probably guy our age and then kind of younger, younger kids, maybe like, but like still of age to watch Halloween ends or whatever. And they all had bloodline shirts, right? And the mom or like his mom or something, they all had bloodline shirts, right? So, and it was in an IMAX, which is a smaller, uh, you guys, uh, yeah, yeah, you guys have IMAX stuff. So it's like a little smaller theater and, into, and we're, we literally sat there, dude, for like, for like five minutes, we were in the back row and we just had our <laughs> finger and our hand up like this for about five minutes waiting for them to acknowledge, like to turn around. Like we didn't say anything. We just held our hand up with the one. And then finally, uh, we, it, we, they didn't turn around, which sucked. But then on the way out, <laughs> on the way out, we saw them again and, uh, we just kind of like blurred out. We the ones they acknowledge. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, we just it was just it was just hilarious. But like that 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 would have, and it did at the end. They did like they're like yeah yeah. Bro. But like <laughs> again, in a horror movie, you got a wrestling kind of passionate like people who like like so casual fans don't wear wrestling t shirts. Like we all know that, right? I mean, like you're not going right. to go out in public with a wrestling fan. I wear them twenty four seven. I mean, BC knows this is pretty much my whole wardrobe, but. So you know that this person is an actual fan if they're all wearing Bloodline t-shirts, right? I mean, so mm-hmm. anyway, that's why we, uh, but I thought that was kind of a, a funny story. So my wife hates it, by the way, because <laughs> so she told me that one of the reasons why she married me was because when she looked at me with my bald head, my beard and all of the <laughs> horror movie tattoos, she thought I was going to be unapproachable for most people. Like most people are going to look at me and just be like, ah, oh, no, we're going to leave. But it's the exact opposite. Like old <laughs> ladies at the store will come up to me and just, excuse me, sir. And she's, it baffles her. But between, I mean, my arms are, I've got leather face here. I've got pinhead here. Like nice. my arms are covered in horror movie tattoos. And then I've got wrestling t-shirts on. So whether it's a wrestling fan or a horror fan or both, everywhere we go, someone is stopping me. Oh, Hey, I saw your tattoos, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll talk to me about that. And she's just like, fuck, I want to go home. Like, <laughs> I don't want to talk to this guy for 20 minutes. This and that. So she hates it, but yeah, no, yeah. you see someone out. That's what you do. Absolutely. Like you see someone that shares that fandom. You want to, Hey, I'm a fan too. Like that's yeah. what we do. And, and it's, it's almost like, it's almost like a, a, the community um, in and of itself. Right. I mean, that's, that's what's so cool. But for them to be at Halloween ends, it was just like, Oh, this is too fitting. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of Halloween ends, I want to get into the uh, David Gordon Green um, sort of trilogy. So 
you are, I'm sure, and I missed it. I unfortunately missed it, but I really am one. I'm curious on your take on ends. So I want to get um, your take as a, as a really knowledgeable horror fan where you came at Halloween ends and sort of, and part of that uh, sort of want to tackle. Are you like me? And that opinion is somewhat changed over watching it multiple times. So I think I have gone, I think I've watched it three or four times now and sort of had a bit of a different appreciation on, on different times I watched it. So, so first I want to get your take on ends, but then I also sort of want to get your take on the trilogy itself. And if you think it held up to the hype one and as a, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like a concise package, right. For the trilogy, like, as a storytelling device for all three sort of put together. So, okay. so give me your take on that. Um, I don't think I'm going to break any new ground here, unfortunately. Uh, I, I am with you. I, I went into ends and whereas when we did the review, there were people on the panel who were not a fan of it, that did not like it coming out of it. There were people that really liked it. And then some of us were kind of, I enjoyed ends when I walked out of it. It was not the movie that I went in expecting. Uh, and I think a lot of people can say that. I don't think anyone was really expecting yeah. that movie when they went into the theater and sat down and watched it. That's not where we thought the story was going. However, my only big criticism from Halloween Ends was I kind of wish that they had gone all the way and not killed off Corey and let Corey kind of live on after Michael. I feel like it was kind of a cop-out by having us watch an entire movie of Corey. And I've watched it two or three times since then. And I still feel the same way. I actually started to really kind of enjoy the story that they were telling with Corey and I was getting behind him and I was interested as how Michael's power transferred to him and all of these things that were going on. And then in the end, while I get the, the maniacal villain-esque, if I can't have her, nobody can, but I'm going to do it in a way where she finds me dead and she's going to hate you as opposed to I'm going to kill her so that nobody can have her sort of like twist to it. Michael coming in and killing him. It still to me as much. I enjoy it as its own thing, but it still to me almost makes everything leading up to that point kind of feel like a waste of time. Like you really had me watch all of an hour plus of this movie, getting invested in this character and leading up to just murdering him and then ending the franchise or the trilogy at that point. Um, I really love this trilogy. It's uh, so the original, the, the OG timeline one, two, four, five, and six is, and probably will always be my favorite because it's why I fell in love with it. Like, it's just one of those things where yeah. they do these things, but you love them because you grew up, you've watched them so many times. It's, it's almost a part of you at this point. You know, I can recite those movies word for word, uh, scene for scene, when we did the show, when I do these shows for getting off, normally I have notes on my phone for smacking raw. I never have notes. It's just, it's part of me with this trilogy. The first movie I still think is my favorite. I think 2018's Halloween was damn near perfect. It was everything I could have wanted coming out of and restarting a franchise. Um, I really enjoyed Halloween Kills. Uh, the the patient, uh, the mental patient scene in the hospital and the mob, which kind of emphasized the stuff that they did in Halloween 4 where, you know, they went and uh, was it 4? I think it was either 4 or 5. It might have been 5. I think it was 5 where 
Michael, uh, yeah, it was five where Michael killed the entire police station and then they went and they talked to people at the bar and they're like, oh, no, it, it was four because they came at the end. Yeah, it was four. They went hunting yeah. for him. Yeah. Where they started, you know, a mob. They're like, oh, you, you know, you started a mob and this and that. So, like, they were kind of playing off that idea of starting a mob in Haddonfield and doing a little bit of an homage to that. But I watched it on Peacock because of COVID. I did not go to theaters to watch Halloween Kills. So that part yeah. almost kind of took me out of the, like, it didn't feel like it was part of the movie I was watching. Um, I enjoy ends. Like I said, mo- kind of as its own thing, almost in the way a lot of people enjoy Halloween three. Like they realize it's not part of the franchise. It's its own thing. It's gotten a cult following. There's a lot of really good stuff in Halloween ends. Um, it's not the way I wish they had finished the trilogy. It is not even for the movie that gave us the way that I personally would have liked to see it play out but I'm not mad at it. I don't hate the movie. I think that they did a lot of really cool, they took risks and I appreciate taking risks. And what they did was a big risk in this movie, um, doing it the way they did. I literally in theaters, the first time I watched it, it was 45 minutes into the movie. And I looked over at my wife and I'm like, where the fuck is Michael Myers? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that, yeah, that's, that's kind of the consensus. So, um, it's weird because I think we're pretty much on the same same uh, same take on this. Like the only thing I think we differ. So I agree, it was definitely not the movie we wanted. Maybe as fans, um, and it was definitely David Gordon Green's almost like love story to like sort of season of the witch, which he has said has mm-hmm. been a thing, right? And I think. I didn't catch it at first. Did you catch the season of the witch uh, font for the opening? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so after I watched it, I, I, a buddy of mine who was going to go see it, I was sitting there and I was talking to him. I was like, listen, because he's a huge Halloween fan as I am. I'm like, I don't want to give you any spoilers. I will tell you, this is not the movie that you're expecting to go see. And you are going to notice that right from the opening credits. If you pay attention. And I even looked at my wife in the theater and I looked and I'm like, uh, that's the season of the witch font. Because I noticed, like, Halloween Kills kind of followed the Halloween 2 font. Yeah. The original, you know, 2018 had the original Halloween opening font. So I, I noticed those things. And I, I looked at it, I'm like, I don't know what that means. But this is going to be interesting. So we'll see where this goes. So, yeah, I did. And I did warn my buddy. Um, and I think having the heads up, he received it probably a little better than he would have going in and expecting something else. So yeah. that also helps as well as it's like, listen, this is not the movie you think it's going to be going into it. And you're like, all right, you just kind of go and open like, all right, I don't have any expectations at this point. You enjoy it more. And same thing with watching it multiple times. Now that you've seen it and you kind of know what it is and you're not caught off guard essentially by, okay, this is not what I thought I was coming to see. You can start appreciating and enjoying everything. It's one of my favorite scenes of the movie is the DJ kill. Still to this day, one of my favorite kills in the franchise. The the tongue flopping on the record Mm -hmm. and all of that, like. And there's apparently a 4K version out already that has a bunch of um, extended scenes. Not as much as people were hoping for. Like they didn't get the alternate version. So um, the rumor is there was like multiple, multiple sort of movies made, and this Mm -hmm. is kind of the end one we got. But, um, but yeah. So back to my sort of take on it and around the David Gordon Green sort of love stories like he obviously went into this saying okay i'm going to it was almost a swerve right i mean i think he did sort of go into this as a swerve my only beef and i and i'm with you i thought it was a on the surface i liked it i walked up and saying okay wasn't exactly what i thought but it was it was good we did get 
we did get the the Michael Lori thing. I don't think it was long enough, but I think we did get some satisfaction there. And then they they fucking didn't fuck around with the end. I mean, they pretty uh-huh. much they they gave us the ends, right? I mean, my only beef was is that 2018 um, was just so good, and uh, you touched on it earlier. It was like everything we wanted. It was it was the antithesis of the Rob Zombie Halloween two, which. I didn't hate the Rob Zombie flicks, to be fair. I thought one was, I thought the first one was pretty good, and the second one went way the fuck off the rails. But it actually, when I look at it again, I can get behind it a little bit. I mean, there's still a lot out there, but no, not not for you. But <laughs> but 2018 gave us everything we wanted and um, kind of built that that oh my god, yes, here we go again. Can't wait for the next one, right? Then to me, kills kind of. Shot it back down for me because, like, it was it was COVID and we didn't get in the theater and all that stuff, and we did get to watch it in different means. But I just thought it was so chaotic, like it just it just was so all over the place. The pacing was insane to me. Like I just and again, I'm a fan, so I didn't say, "Oh, I hated that" because I didn't hate it. I just I was conf- I guess more so I was confused coming out of Kills. I was like. I don't, where, where are we going with this? I don't know. And you brought up four. I thought they tried to do it better than four, but four did it better. Like four did the mob mentality better than they did because it it did seem now there was some (laughs) amazing fucking kills in that movie. So like, that's why I still enjoyed it. Like the opening sequence alone makes the movie amazing. But to me, I just was like, okay, 2018 was awesome got the story we knew where it was going and then like i guess i was just confused coming out of kills and then coming out of ends i was like okay makes sense they wrapped it all up it it does feel like a it does feel like a story but was it the story i wanted that was the question sort of i I came out of uh ends and then if you look at them all four i don't think so we were talking about timelines earlier i don't think in my opinion i think that the 2018 kills and ends has to stand on its own for timeline because mm-hmm. I don't think if you take one in there, which that's what obviously we were supposed to take one. Right. And then, uh, and then those three, I just, it's not needed to me. It doesn't, there's nothing added by going back to the original and saying, okay, apart from 2018, getting the, some of the stuff, right. Like that they needed See, to build off, but I just don't think it works as a four. It just no, doesn't. No. Now. So listen, with kills one of my favorite things about kills was actually brought up to me by uh one of the young kings wrestling co-hosts uh recap he's got his own show havoc hour that's where before i started getting off we would go and we would do all of our horror talk there's a bunch of stuff under the havoc hour that we have and then his schedule got chaotic which is why i decided i wanted to do getting off so i could just do shows when i was ready to do them neither here nor there he's great and he noticed something that i didn't even notice that really so in the flashback sequence in halloween kills when Michael's in the house and he grabs the cop with the rope and strangles him in the very first movie, when Lori and Annie pull up and they're smoking pot and they see Sheriff Brackett and then, you know, the hardware store and the alarms going up. If you listen to him, he goes, Oh, it was just some kids. You know, they stole some knives, some rope and some masks. You never saw in any of the movies, the rope that was supposedly stolen Michael never did anything with it. And then they took that and they put it here. And it's like, if you're 
really into the franchise and you're analyzing everything because you love it so much beat for beat and you see that it's like that's the rope from the first movie that they talked about and the way that they did the entire flashback sequence to make it feel like it was was great from, it was great it was yeah. insane yeah. so like i said that along with the reason i love halloween six is in my opinion throughout the franchise outside of maybe rob zombies which i again enjoy the first i cannot redeem the second and yeah we can maybe talk about that in a second yeah um it's the most badass that michael myers is in any of the movies in the franchise halloween six michael myers is a beast you don't see that level of brutality and just unmitigated badassery from michael myers until you get until end to halloween kills, kills yeah, yeah. where he is just wrecking everybody and then takes an ass whooping and still gets up and wrecks everybody and again it's it's kane it's the undertaker it's these yeah. characters from wrestling that i love where you'll watch kane get beat down and then get up and just waste an entire royal rumble of guys before he's eliminated like with trash cans and all of these things <laughs> in 2000 like that is what I'm looking at, and that's why I'm like, this is the shit that I love. This is why the mental patient committing, yeah. you know, unaliving himself and all of that, and the pressures of society and turning on people and making all of that A24 esque uh, elevated horror element that they brought into it. I, I I understand why they did it. It's fine. It took me out of it a little bit. Like I'm fine going back and watching it now, and it's part of the story, and it is what it is, and I get it. But it's not what I was there for everything yeah. outside of that and all of the little bits that they added in all of the homages all of the different things that you see and like i said the rope which i was just like that is so fucking cool that that tiny little thing from the first movie that nobody probably ever really thought about or was really like oh well, whatever happened to that rope like there it is that's what he did with the rope and now we know where it went and what happened with it so that's why i kind of hold kills a little bit higher up is things like that um the two movies through so i i enjoy resurrection for what it is it's kind of like you know it, it's like watching a dan house match or like <laughs> watching uh an orange cassidy match before they kind of started taking a little more seriously like yeah. i can go in and i can watch it and enjoy it because i know it is what it is buster rhymes is gonna spin kick michael myers and i'm gonna have a laugh and it is what it is like i'm fine with it the two movies in the franchise that I I rank the lowest, Halloween 2 from Rob Zombie is bottom of the barrel for me. He Again, he went, this is uh, Bray Wyatt being Sister Abigail levels of weird going into a feud with Finn Balor where he dresses himself up like a pumpkin. Like, that really off the rails, just stuff that as much as I love this, I just can't get behind it. And then, even though it's part of my favorite, timeline halloween five is just the absolute shits to me only because it's a bit of a mess right i mean it's, it's just a like huge the mess. director was the wrong choice it was just it was just yeah it's, it's a all huge mess it's but even six so i'm curious even six with the ending that they gave us is still one of your favorites yeah absolutely. as opposed to the ending that we didn't get that you might have probably seen or heard about are you talking about the stuff with the producer's cut yeah yeah i have both you have and the producer's guy? Yes. So th what I was going to say when you were talking about uh, 2018 before technical difficulties yeah. and you were talking about the other endings, it took us a very long time for them to release the producer's cut. But when they released a full on Blu-ray box set, it came with the producer's cut and nice. I got it. 
and I have it both physically and digitally. So I have the producer's cut. I have watched the producer's cut. I talk about it in getting off because they basically tell you that Steven is Michael Myers and uh, Jamie's child. Uh, I believe I refer, I, I was like, it's their incest baby, but maybe, you know, Michael doesn't <laughs> yeah. do that thing. So maybe like there was a nurse that milked Michael yeah. Myers. And now when we talk about masturbation on our show, I refer to it as milking Michael Myers. That is now a thing. <laughs> so you are welcome for that. Um, I want a shirt that says I milked Michael Myers, like <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, so I've seen both. Um, there's so much cool shit that they took out of the producer's cut, including uh, the kill of um, uh, I can't Strode. Uh, oh, so, the uh, the dad, the dad, the, electric, um, the electrocution one. Or, the yeah. way that they do in the producer's cut is way more toned down for whatever yeah. reason. And then there's a lot of stuff in the hospital that doesn't take place in the producer's cut because they're filling it in with more backstory and lore and Celtic rune. And maybe stuff. I'm mixing the two is the one I'm vividly remembering is the one where he goes down and Michael's standing next and they're doing the, the ritual in the basement and the, mm -hmm. is that the producer's cut? Yes. Oh, okay. So yes. Right. Okay. That must've been the one I just watched, which was, that's what's throwing me off. I was thinking that. Was yeah. The so the, no. So Halloween Six's producer's cut ends with Michael stuck in runes. And then Dr. Loomis goes back to finish the job. He finds the man in black there in Michael's clothes. Michael has somehow and, and, right. gotten out of the room. In the hallway, right? And, yes. Yeah. Whereas the original ends with them being chased by Michael into a room. Michael gets injected in the neck by uh, Tommy Doyle, played by Paul Rudd, with like a six needles. Of God knows what was in there. Some sort of horse tranquilizer or poison or whatever. Uh, they escape, and then we come back, we just find Michael's mask laying there and the bundle of needles next to it, and he is right. still alive and gone. And you hear Dr. Loomis scream, and that is the end of Dr. Loomis, who I absolutely love and is one of my yeah. favorite characters. And honestly, give me a year or two and let a little gray grow in, and I am going to be Dr. Loomis every year for <laughs> Halloween because he looks just like my grandfather, and I think I can pull it off. So. I think you absolutely can pull it off. Okay, so that's why I was that's the most recent version of six that I watched. So that's, that's making more sense. Cause mm -hmm. I was flipping them in my head. So yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, yeah. And, and I am with you. I think that's a good, uh, good wrap up of the story, but what, what's your take on, uh, and I know I want to move on to another one too, but just, this is one of my favorite franchises too. I go back and forth between Friday 13th and, and Halloween as my sort of go-to franchise. I think they're, they're pretty much up there equally for me. Um, Cause I both, both both of those iconic characters, I think, are the best villains. And I know people will argue Freddy and all that stuff, but he's way too campy for me and too comedy for me. So um, that's why I'm I'm a Michael Jason guy. But um, where was I going with this? So H2O, it always gets, like, applauded and up there. And, but then, like, I watched it or maybe was watching clips of it again. I'm like, man, this feels so much more safe. Like, it didn't – it almost felt like it – it took you out of the franchise a little bit because it was that like scream late nineties version of Kevin Williamson. You know what I mean? Like that. Did, did you get that take too? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, but it gets heralded as like one of the best, right? Well, yeah. And I, I think the that's more so of like uh, the masks were terrible in that. And yeah. there's even a mask that has like no feet. It doesn't even look like a Michael Myers mask that they, they had. Digitally, like they did a, a digital yeah. one. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. Um, I think so. 
obviously it was 20 years after the first movie. It was uh, two years since, or uh, three years since uh, we had seen Michael, and now it's his return. It is the return of Laurie Strode after everything that happened in 4, 5, and 6. And I think that's kind of why it gets heralded, heralded the way it did. Plus, for the time that it came out, it was a perfect movie for that time. It was very much a... Um, almost PG-esque version yeah. or PG-13-esque version of Halloween. It had Josh Hartnett and it. it was very much of the time. Yeah. It is also very low on my list. I actually would rather watch Resurrection because Resurrection has a very interesting premise behind it, despite some of the execution. <laughs> it's something that we had never really seen in a horror movie where reality tv is big so we're going to take this big thing and we're going to bring it into this franchise and we're going to send these people into the home of michael myers and we're going to stage everything like it's a reality show but what if michael was actually still living in the house and actually shows up a certain like to me it's a great premise it's yeah. really cool it Just has didn't get issues yeah yeah in execution and even some of the editing is terrible and that's a whole podcast we get into yeah. H2O is very low on my list. It's uh, I, I forget what the fuck I called it, but it, it, oh, it's the Dawson's Creek of <laughs> the Halloween franchise, essentially. Like, that's a good take. And and I remember at the time it was I was like, that was fucking awesome, like all this stuff. But then now I go back and look at it and I'm like, Ugh. I, I would take zombies over like the original zombie over that one for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so back to the zombie thing, I, the, I think maybe the reason why I'm looking back on two a little more fondly is I watched a sort of um, uh, there's another guy I watch uh, on YouTube and I can't remember the name, but he, he goes into like sort of the backstory. It's almost like a behind the music of, of movies. Right. And he does a lot of horror movies. He's like Friday 13th one and two. And anyway, he did one on um, zombies two. First of all, I guess he didn't even want to do a second one. He didn't, he didn't want to do a sequel. They kind of pushed it. They pushed it. They pushed it. He said, fine, whatever. And then he wanted to go in a different route and they pushed it back. And like, so there was a lot of like that stuff happening on set uh, and apparently a lot of changes and a lot of like production issues. And so I kind of look at it like, okay, maybe it wasn't what we were supposed to get in the first place. So I do give directors and sort of producers and filmmakers a bit of a, a benefit of the doubt, because that happens all the time, as you know, yep. like we're constantly getting like not the versions we were supposed to get. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's so out to lunch with like the the white horse and all that stuff, and and just like that ruins it. However, the first I watched it just the first half again recently, and I was like, it's actually kind of it. Until you get to that stuff with the with his like with him the obligatory Sherry Moon zombie uh, role, yeah. Like until you get there, that that first thirty minutes, forty minutes is is quite well paced. And it's kind oh, of absolutely. Good. Yeah, it's good. You but take the, overall, the dream yeah. sequence where they're mimicking the yeah. hospital sequence that is too and everything. And it's like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. And then you get out of that. And okay, now <laughs> Michael's kind of like a hobo with half a mask, <laughs> yeah. but he's still messing people up. And then the mom shows up. So for anyone who's a wrestling fan, who's not really big into horror. And I, I want to H2O real quick. Uh, if Halloween one and two is, the undertaker essentially it is the original the character that is michael myers we'll consider that the undertaker we'll say four five and six are kane it's it's a character that we're kind of familiar with but it's a little bit different h2o is abyss 
There are people out there who <laughs> there are people out there who absolutely love Abyss and TNA and everything he does, it's and they true. think it's great. It's true, but it's kind of also like it feels like a cheap rip off of what you've seen from. That's uh, a good thing. What came before it? So <laughs> very good. I think you know what? Let's end it right there because that was that was that was the best take of the night right there. Um, so let's like before we get uh, onto one last wrestling topic before we we sign off. Give me, um, and I'm genuinely interested to get these takes from you. Um, some of the best sleepers of 2022 for you, Sl- it's a, slashes preferably, but it, anything uh, horror related. Where, where are you? Uh, where should I direct? And, and I, I try and scour the internet for all of these things too. So I may have already heard of it, but I'm, I'm interested to get your take on something I need to need to check out. Honestly, I don't know that I've seen anything really. So I watched Smile last night, and for what it was, Smile was fun. It, yeah it, i heard was, i haven't watched uh, it yet but i have it but yeah there's a good jump scare in there that i didn't expect that got me um it's not it, it reminds me a, a little bit of it follows but like it, it's got it makes a little more sense than it follows yeah. and you kind of figure out what's going on in the movie whereas it follows just kind of you went and you watch this movie and you're like okay what the fuck did i just watch nothing happened outside the first 20 minutes of the movie <laughs> and then they never explained it and then it just ended <laughs> they uh, just leave it <laughs> so uh smile was fun um barbarian i watched that was interesting okay i have that I, on that my list too go, yep, i have it it did not go where i thought it was gonna go but i walked out of it enjoying it it was cool um obviously you know scream uh five from earlier this year yep. i really enjoyed was uh a cool take on scream and everything that they did there um and then you saw halloween ends i'm trying to think of what else i've watched this year that i'd be like you really need to there's i well, maybe I'll get, I, maybe maybe I'll flip this and give uh, give you one. So, have you watched X yet? Uh, I have watched X. I okay. have not watched Pearl though. I just so I, I just watch watched Pearl. Pearl, and um, again, it's a twenty four. And for those fans who know, you just know. But I I liked X better, but Pearl was interesting. Like it was definitely okay. uh, uh, I I'm I watched it only because there's going to be I guess a sequel that they're already producing now to x which will be connected to pearl obviously still so um i I think check it out it was good it's it there as much as people do like the shit on a24 style it's like it's like so good like they just they they make movies really well you know what i mean and it's like and there's a couple there's a couple good good gore scenes in there too but um but it's very artsy i mean it's definitely what you think it is it's not it's not um over the top you uh, did yeah. you, you you could not have sold me on X because I watched the trailer and I'm like this reminds me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre but if they were making a porno instead of going <laughs> yeah you know wherever to, they were headed yeah, to a concert or whatever yeah. yeah so I was like they're making a porno and it's kind of like so that's why I went in watching it it, it wasn't exactly like that because I it also kind of reminded me of the visit with the old people yeah and I enjoyed the visit for like for an M Night Shyamalan movie like I enjoyed the visit so like I was good with X I enjoyed it I I want to see Pearl because of it. Um, as far as a 24 short sidetrack, you, are you aware that Friday the 13th yep. is coming back? I was going to bring it up too. Yeah. I was going to, yeah. Okay. Crystal Lake. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm, I, so I'm tempering, uh, what temp temper temp. What am I trying to say? Like, I'm trying to keep my excitement to a bit of a, a modest level only because of that factor. However, I have been waiting for this goddamn lawsuit to end for <laughs> it feels like 20 years now and for all this to get settled and the fact that they came back as a combination already first project that to me is a good sign that actually okay there isn't going to be any issues with well we own this and we own that kind of 
they're like, no, no, we're going to make money. And the, the, I also heard the only reason it's not going to be a film right away is because of all the international rights still being tied up. And there's a, a whole clusterfuck of who owns what as far as film rights, but it's so easy for them to just do a TV show, which will be based in the States, which has everything already agreed, right? I don't need a movie though. Like, don't get me no, wrong. You're right. they, you don't. If they you make don't, one, don't. I want one. But everything that they've done, like Peacock, uh, Universal has done with Chucky has been fantastic yeah, these first two yeah. seasons. I've enjoyed the shit out of it. And like I said, I'm a fan of mythology. So if you can give me 10 hour long episodes where you really get into what's going on, because this is going to be a prequel. So now we're going to, you know, maybe some of the ideas that I brought up in my Slasherverse that uh, are canon. If you talk to the director of uh, Jason goes to hell where he's like, listen, I put the Necronomicon in here to give a reason for why. And, you know, Pamela went to like all of this stuff that I, I got from that movie that kind of helped me build my slash reverse. If that is part of this, because it is canon in the franchise, because it is part of the, and we dig into that and we see some of these things or how dark Pamela's depression got after like, I'm interested in all that. And the yeah. more you can give me, the more I'm for. So absolutely give me a TV show. Yeah. over a two and a half hour movie where you've got to cut everything down like they did with the remake where they tried to take three movies and cram it into one which i still see, enjoyed the remake see, but... i'm a massive fan of the remake uh, 2009 yeah. is up there very high in my list i thought it was mm -hmm. super good and i thought it got way more criticism and way more fan negativity than it really deserved and that was even a different time back in 2009 but uh, yeah, a huge, massive fan of 2009. That's that, one of my uh, favorites. Wrong side. That picture of Jason right there is from the remake that yep. uh, I found an artist did. So, nice. yeah, no, big fan. So, so yeah, the A24 thing is is interesting to me. So they have come out, and because that was kind of people's first kind of go-to, well, it's not going to be gory. It's not going to be bloody. It's not going to be what we know. And uh, what, what's his name? Full, um, what's his name? The, the producer or Fuller, something Fuller? Maybe? Uh Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller. Anyway, he's already come out and said, no, there's going to be gore. There's going to be kills. Like we're going to have kills every episode, all that stuff. So I'm still a little bit nervous because it isn't like our traditional, like, like you say, like they've, what, mm -hmm. they've done all those, right. It follows and all those things. And, and I did like X and I did like Pearl, but they are not our traditional like hack and slash. Right. I mean, that's not, they do try and take that storytelling element to a different level, but I'm also open to it. So to your point if it if it flushes things out and i've also read and heard that it's not just a prequel in that it's only going to be pamela they're they're yeah. calling it basically a continuation of the first sort of one so it's going to be more like okay here's all the friday 13th original stuff and then we're going to tack on to that kind of thing mm -hmm. i think so i if, think we could even get jason first season if anyone from a24 anyone listens to this i beg of you one thing <laughs> Give me the one thing that they took away from me in the new three Halloween movies, which were also, by the way, done by the same, you know, Peacock Universal, all right. that. Like, we got it on Peacock. So there is a chance for a joint horror universe. Now what I'm talking about. This is Friday the 13th. Gore great. I need nudity. There was not yes, a absolutely. single breast <laughs> in the entire point. Halloween trilogy. Not one... That no. is a good point. This is Friday the 13th. I yeah, a number one horror wrestling podcast on Pornhub. Yes. <laughs> I need nudity in this show. It is you gave really it to us in weird. X. You're right. I know you're not opposed to it. Please. Nudity in our yeah. franchise. That's a good, really, really solid take. Because it's not like they weren't going at it with an R rating anyway. Mm -hmm. 
It's like it's like the allure, and I guess maybe it's we're just fantasizing about the eighties eighties horror. And to me, eighties horror will always be the best. But mm-hmm. but you're spot on, man. I didn't even think about it like that. It's like stop trying to make this stuff artsy. Just go yep. back to the roots. Let's do it. Just go back to the roots. Anyway, but uh, yeah. So I I am super thrilled about Crystal Lake. We don't have any enough details, I guess, to know any more excitement other than thank god it's it's happening and they're they're back on uh like at the end of the day they they know they just want to make money so like okay you own your stuff i own mine well let's make them let's make money together so between that and them announcing welcome to dairy like there's a lot of really great horror content oh i don't think i saw that is that an oh uh, yeah they are prequel Yes, they're making a whole prequel series about Dairy called Welcome to Dairy that is a prequel to the It nice. franchise where they're probably going to cover all of the backstory stuff that you get in the book and that they briefly mention in you know the new movies with uh, yep. all the tragedies that happen around him showing up and all of these things. So Really? That's cool. Yes. What's so that going to be on? Dairy as well. Uh, that I don't know. So Okay, interesting. Um, check that out. Yeah, I don't remember. It might be Hulu. I don't remember exactly what streaming service, but yeah, that's going to be another show coming out. Last one before we get on to Survivor Series thoughts. Um, What did you think of the new Hellraiser? So I have a love-hate relationship with the Hellraiser franchise. I love the first three movies. Three is my favorite. Wow, you go into three. You like three. Wow. Three is my favorite because it is Hellraiser unleashed it is the most entertaining version of hellraiser in my opinion because he's not bound by the box we get all of the personality of pinhead coming out and doing all of these things and it's just him having fun so i love three actually through four because four gives you the backstory of lamarchand's box and all of that even though they go into which space, one was like, bloodline which one was up to bloodline that was four that was four okay yeah yes. so okay th- so, so i think i'm on the same page because up yes, to bloodline so is where i kind of cut off yeah then it gets weird yeah. I enjoyed this. I just, the only takeaway that I had from the new Hellraiser movie is it didn't feel like Pinhead was as important in this film as I wanted her to be. Yeah. Uh, you have taken the role of Doug Bradley, and I know they've made movies without Doug Bradley and yeah, whatever. But when you're redoing this and you're reintroducing a character and he is now pinhead's been the face of this franchise whether he was meant to be originally or not i don't feel like they put the emphasis on the character of pinhead as much she didn't feel as important as the lead cenobite as i would have liked her to or as menacing as i was kind of hoping she would outside of that though um it was a really fun movie. I was very worried because, again, it was another movie that I got very deep into, and I'm like, where are the chains and the hooks and the blood and the skin and the the things that I know from the Hellraiser franchise? And it took a while to get there, but once we got there, we got yeah. there, and they gave it to us, and I was like, okay, cool. The hate side of it is I went to Atlanta to a horror convention, and I went there specifically to meet Doug Bradley and get that picture sign that you see right there, um, and I was very excited about it. Uh, Doug Bradley was not very excited to be there. And <laughs> when I was like, listen, I came all the way from Chicago specifically just to meet you, this and that. He didn't even really come. He's like, oh, okay, that's nice and signed it. And next, and like, I'm like, oh, okay, fuck uh, you, dude. Uh, like, I was so excited. I was coming here. I was like, I'm so happy to meet you. Like, Tony Todd, on the other hand, coolest fucking, like, oh, Kane, yeah, I heard Kane that. Hodder are yeah. two of the coolest people oh, I've ever met. Yeah. Kane Tony Hodder's... Todd talked to me about being in Chicago. Like, I'm, 
standing there to take a pic. My wife's taking all these pictures of us. He's just sitting there bullshitting with me. And then we go up to our hotel room and he gets in the elevator. He's like, oh, hey, Matt. Yeah. How, and bullshit with us on the elevator. Like, coolest fucking guy ever. Nice. Tony Todd's great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I agree with that take. I, I did enjoy it. I, I went into it with no expectations because um, it's it's one of my least. Um, I, I don't know Hellraiser's franchise as well as uh, probably even you do. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And uh, but I do agree that it just pinhead pinhead could have been mm. a bigger deal. Excuse me, a bigger deal. Are you uh, going to survive before we get to Survivor Series? I don't think so. Yeah. Anyway, I that so I did enjoy Hellraiser, but um, maybe my bar was a little lower set than yours. Uh, so, anyway, but anytime you get Hulu doing horror and like actual good horror, I'm for it. And let's mm-hmm. let's pit, get it out there mainstream and a Peacock, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, bring it on for 2023. So, that being said, we're, we've monopolized your time quite a bit. So let's um, let's just get a, a final take on uh, Survivor Series coming up here. What is it this Saturday? I guess we're. Yeah. Yes, this upcoming Saturday. Yeah. The upcoming Saturday, yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, we've monopolized BC Hunter's time more than we yeah, have mine. No like, I'm out here talking, he, the poor guy. He 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 knew he was getting into uh, Yeah, this, one, so. this this so, uh this episode is dedicated to Jay, so it's uh, <laughs> all good. So yeah, let's um I mean, maybe let's not go through the whole card cuz I don't even know if we know the whole card. It's not much of a card to be quite honest. Let's just talk two... about War Games. Well, I yeah. think they'll probably still build Well, Jesus, the War Games matches alone are going to take what an hour and a half, probably. For both of them, yeah, probably, probably yeah. pretty close to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to to get your guys' takes on both of those. Matt, if you want to lead off, what's your feelings going into it? Um, so they told us that Survivor Series is not going to be Survivor Series, which I'm actually a big fan of because I have complained on record for years that there is not really a brand split. They don't give a shit about the brand split, and they don't. So the whole idea of like brand supremacy especially right after a draft and all the i i've never enjoyed that as much as i want to love survivor series it's one of the big four that it's always bothered me in the way and especially lately within like the last year the way they've not treated the brands as actual brands and anyone just kind of goes anywhere and does whatever so when i was told we're going to get storylines going into survivor series that are going to fuel war games and it's not going to be red versus blue i was stoked um Everything Bloodline has been very entertaining and great. Um, they have made me care about what are now the opponents because you have the Sami Zayn KO storyline, which is a continuation. They now have a former horror writer who is uh, in charge of long-term storytelling at WWE who's going back and saying, we have this with Sammy and Kevin, which is a lot of why Kevin's going to be there. They mentioned you know, the Roman match with KO and all of these things. So we have that. Then you have, you know, Sola Sokoa coming up and screwing over Drew. Um, and then everything that they built so far with the Brawling Brutes and the Usos and them getting cheated over in their match. And all everything makes sense and connects. That's a good point. Except yeah. Except for other than I'm going to go after Bloodline. YKO is essentially on this side with these guys like we got which we still might hear them. we we still might there is time for them still to flesh there is that time. out yeah but those guys like i'm a huge solo sokoa fan like I, samoa joe so those kind of guys as far as like wrestlers like that for the wrestling <laughs> aspect of it that's the shit that i enjoy in the ring is guys like that who are, feel like they're just going to go in and beat the tar yeah. out of you 
So match wise, looking at Drew and Roman, you know, solo and Sheamus, and then the Usos and the Brawling Brutes, Ridge Holland, the least of that group for me. Um, I just don't feel like he's really risen back to what they tried to make him out to be in NXT after he broke both his legs. Um, and then Sammy and KO, like in war games, I'm so stoked for this. I'm so excited. And I think they're going to beat the tar out of each other. I'm going to yeah. fucking love it. Like it's going to yeah. be great yeah. I, on the women's side feels a little rushed and put together. I, I love all of the participants and we do have a lot of women who were in former war games right. matches to help carry this match through for, you know, an Alexa bliss or an Oscar who hasn't been in there might not be familiar with that. Oscar will be fine. I don't, I think you can put Oscar in fucking anything and she's fine. She'll do what she's got to do. And Alexa too. I, I think Alexa gets a lot of shit for as great and talented as she actually is and has been in the career that she's had. Um, I don't know who the fifth woman, I, I feel like it's gotta be Candice LeRae, but I don't know if it's going to be Candice LeRae. I'm worried that they might throw in like an Emma or a Dana Brooke in that last spot for Bianca's team where while that'd be great for them, that doesn't do much for my excitement of seeing them get in the ring and do this. Candace has that about her where she'll probably do something really cool and give us a really high spot that, and again, the history with war games and being in it, knowing like Candace will give us some cool shit in there. Um, But the way that that match kind of came together and fell into place seemed a little clunkier than the way that they did the men's match, but Still excited for like Rhea's just like I'm on your team now. After they were like, "Hey Mia, fuck you know, fuck Rhea Ripley, come join <laughs> us." Like she sucks, and now she's like Rhea's like, "No, I'm on your team now." And they're like, "Oh yeah, yay!" Like, <laughs> so that's a good point. BC, where are you at with it? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably more excited for the men's version of War Games than the women's version. I'm so tired now of this uh, damage control storyline with with Bianca and and uh, Oscar and Alexa. I love. I love Bianca and, and Oscar. Don't get me wrong, but just this whole storyline is just there would be much more heat if if uh, Bailey and those guys had the titles going into it than not. Yeah. Uh, that's the big thing. Yeah, I'm with you, Matt. The whole Rhea Ripley joining thing didn't really make much sense. Yeah, I'm Mia's on the other team, but that's just not enough glue there for me to to make that interesting. So it feels like that TBD's got to be somebody big, like either Sasha coming back because mm-hmm. it is boston although i'm not massively on the sasha bandwagon but her coming back or becky coming back or somebody like that where they had put some oomph to it or maybe even charlotte coming back and and jumping in there and and doing that but yeah that women's war games match is just going to be there but i'm sure it's wwe i'm sure they'll entertain the hell out of us throughout it all yeah Uh, the men there's lots of storylines going on there and they've done such a good job of slow building this whole thing because you you're sitting there at the beginning going hmm Who's going to face the bloodline this? And then all of a sudden it's the brawling brutes. You're like, okay, maybe I can see that. Then they got some nice heat on Sheamus with the whole Uso attack on him, which was, was great. Now you got Drew makes kind of sense coming in and KO. I think they're, I've been saying this for a long time. I think they're laying the groundworks for KO and Sammy to Sammy cost in the bloodline. And here comes KO and Sammy facing the Usos and taking those titles off them. Myself. I think KO is the pick that should be, taking the title off of Roman versus anybody else. Um, I think you, it's ironic. Canadian though, just no, not because, talk- <laughs> no, just, not because of that. No, <laughs> but I, I think ironically, since they're talking about Mr. Austin coming back and stuff like that, I think you got another possible Austin like character in, in, in KO. And oh yeah, maybe that's a nice rub that Steve Austin could give to him. 
Whereas I'm just not on the Cody train for him taking the title. I don't want the rock to take the title or any of that stuff. I, I am on the Cody train just so choo, I choo choo motherfucker. I am on that train. <laughs> I'm on the so Cody you, after whoever beats Roman train, not not the Cody beating okay, Roman. Okay, that yeah, I, yeah, I just that fair. that doesn't work for me, dog, as as uh Mr. Sammy would say <laughs> there. But uh, but yeah, like I could see KO beating Roman and then somehow Cody beating him or something. But yeah, that's just my thing. I wouldn't hate KO, but what I was gonna say was uh with Cody. I there's this my dad never got that recognition my brother never got that recognition never reached that I would love to see the other royal family finally reach the heights of getting that championship that that thing that Dusty never got the thing that you know Dustin Goldust never got in WWE like they've been around they are a very special family in wrestling and Cody went out and worked his ass off to prove that he's there. And then even went so far as to make it so he could never be champion in the company that he essentially helped start or started. So coming back to WWE and seeing him hold the title, the title that his dad never won, that his brother never won, despite all of their success in other places, that is kind of special to me and why I'm on the Cody. Like that story in and of itself has got me on the Cody wagon. So I'm, I'm good. However they do it. Um, if they build that, if they build that story up, which WWE can do, if they can build that up, really putting the Rhodes family on a pedestal, I just worry they're not going to do that. Although, I guess with Triple H, he yeah, loves think, Dusty, so yeah, he he I would. Yeah, so you got now. some, you got something there, Matt. Yeah, yeah. If they build that story up. That's a little bit different for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can't. I'm pretty much on the same page with, with all of you. Um, the the men's match after watching Friday SmackDown, I was like, oh yeah, like I'm so into. It. I wasn't there yet until last week's show, and then I was like, okay, all of this is sort of adding up now. And then KO kind of showing up, and and I didn't even think about them connect even even them connecting the dots with um, Butch being the only guy with experience. That even threw Butch in there with a with a relevant mm-hmm. reason why he's in there, right? He's the only guy mm-hmm. to ever been in a War Games match. Blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, that's cool. And I forgot that they brought up the KO match from wherever it was in the pandemic era for, for Roman. Like, all of that tying it in is is so cool. But, um, yeah, I, I think the women's match is going to be okay just because of who's in there. Who was I thinking? What was the um, – there's rumors that – what's her name? Um, the one that Triple H was really high on. She busted her knee. She was like Wales. Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox. Rumors that she's she's already re-signed and back. Like maybe that would make sense because you tie that in with Dakota Kai and all that stuff, right? So I was there in Chicago for the first ever women's war no. games when Dakota turned on Tegan, all of that. So that would make it special for me Sweet. because sitting in the arena watching that happen and then seeing her be a surprise final entrant to finally get the redemption against Dakota Kai. And all of that that she never got all built in injuries and yeah no yeah. so I'm with that that, that yeah. would get a huge pop that would get yep. a huge pop there's there. also Chelsea yep. Green out there that's that's being floated around but I don't know if she makes sense from a storyline perspective but um, we'll see anyway I, I'm with you I don't think it's going to be uh, I think it will come through at the in the end I think it will be a good match but maybe there's just less uh, build for it going into it but the men's one's going to be good. Uh, Anything like are we getting anything with Rollins? Like what's going on with that? Are we getting a Rollins match on? Oh, they haven't announced anything yet, have they? Theory, maybe. Yeah. Or Bobby or yeah. a triple threat. Would be yeah, a triple threat kind of action. So we'll see. 
Uh, anyway, all right, boys. I think this was uh, we've we've had quite the uh, the chat here, and we've uh, made BC kind of sit through sit through all of our discussion through. Oh but, man, this is, but, this is uh, great. It was good. It was awesome, man. I thought this was uh, this was going to be fun, and it was. So I won't uh, pull what you did during our old school talk. I won't say I, I enjoyed it, boys, but I'm never going to go watch that. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was just being honest. Just being honest. <laughs> You could be honest too. It's fine. No, no. I, I, I like I said. I, I am an '80s horror guy. The yeah. rest of the stuff has just not been. But I, I mean, I still, I still remember Sleepaway Camp. That one just. Oh my god! Me, yeah, you know? there you go. Yes. Yeah, Love yeah. Sleepaway that, Camp. That was Good one of the franchise. first horrors that I ever saw was Sleepaway Camp, and then of course the whole. There's a Canadian connection there too, isn't there? I thought there might have been a Canadian connection. Maybe not. I, I don't know. Might have been, but. Anyway, um, but yeah, thanks again, Matt. This was fantastic. Um, looking forward to uh, to future future takes on uh, on your shows. And uh, yeah, thanks again for for stopping by, man. Yeah, Matt. Oh, one yeah. more time before you go, why don't you give your uh, your information again, so in case somebody made it to the end of this episode. Uh, if you made it and you're like, hey, that guy sounds cool. Let me go see what he does. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Riddles at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R or as I'm saying now, M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. Um, <laughs> shout out to Jeff Jarrett, who I cannot stand. Uh, Creation World <laughs> is the banner under which everything smacking a raw and getting off exists. So if you go to creationworld.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at it's creation world, I-T-S-C-R-E-A-T-I-A world. Um, you guys can find everything you want there. There are link trees, link tree slash back and raw link tree slash creation world. It'll get you everything, including the links to Pornhub, where you can come watch us in a video <laughs> version or the audio links. If you don't want to do that or YouTube and Twitch, we're live every Friday at 11 PM central. So please come check us out there. And uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much for having me on. I had a blast. This was great. Oh, we really appreciate yeah, it, man. And awesome. we, we went the whole episode with, without even mentioning Matt Riddle and during this whole thing, because I know he's your mortal enemy. Uh, I'm surprised you guys didn't mess up my name and call me Matt Riddle. That's what everyone else does. So. <laughs> no, this has been fantastic. Really appreciate you coming on and taking this much time. And I know this is uh, this is right up uh, Mr. Myers' uh, his uh, alley as far as the whole horror side of it. And I love that we're expanding out and getting other uh genres on here as well because uh there's lots of great stuff out there for people to be oh, yeah. uh yeah. watching and listening maybe, to maybe next year we'll have to do the november to dismember there you go Ooh, there you well, go it's, it's all horror better. all the time yeah, exactly <laughs> all right so on that note i'm gonna wrap this thing up and i'm gonna say on behalf of the warden matt ritter on behalf of the nightmare jay myers on behalf of the nicknameless BC Hunter, I'm saying <laughs> that we are out of here. You're repeating yourself, dude. I know. It's, it's good. It's good. <laughs>